welcome to today's episode of Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. I'm Dr. Chiu Wan Lin, and in this week's episode, we're going to talk about what makes an ideal sunscreen. You may know by now that sunscreen is a must-have in any skincare routine, but you may not know all the reasons why it's so important. Apart from preventing a bad sunburn, Dr. Teo, can you share with us why sunscreen is so essential? Sunscreen itself performs a fundamental role of protecting your skin from damaging ultraviolet radiation. Both UVA and UVB have been implicated in photoaging, as well as in carcinogenesis, which is the process of skin cancer formation. Simply put, when we are exposed to ultraviolet radiation, as we grow older, our skin becomes less and less able to handle the oxidative stress and the um, ensuing free radical generation processes. All of which permit DNA damage to occur at the cellular level. Now, this DNA damage becomes uh, what we uh, now call the visible signs of skin aging. We often refer to the global photoaging scale to determine uh, the the stage of uh, photoaging, and um, this scale measures the depth of your wrinkles. Your skin elasticity, the dermal fullness, which is responsible for the skin appearance、uh, being plump、uh, and radiant. Now, the presence of skin atrophy, textural irregularities, and hyperpigmentation—these、uh, are all associated with the signs of aging and are included in the global photoaging scale. As dermatologists, more than all of this,、uh, we are particularly aware of the direct influence of ultraviolet radiation on the development of skin cancers. Well, living in Singapore on the equator, does that mean we have a higher risk of these harmful effects of sun exposure? Living in Singapore, which has a year-round tropical climate and being right at the equator, we have maximum ultraviolet radiation, and、um, you know we are certainly at risk of、uh, being the recipients of these damaging ultraviolet rays,、um, and also in terms of cumulative sun exposure. In Singapore, the overall incidence of skin cancer has been increasing throughout the years. Well, I do know that due to the amount of photoprotective melanin in our skins, Asians and skin of color do tend to have fewer signs of aging. Does that mean we do not need as much sun protection, or can look for sunscreens that are lower in SPF? Asians are、um, belonging to the category of skin of color. Uh, and you know we have inherent protection against ultraviolet radiation,、uh, which explains to a certain degree why we actually observe fewer signs of photoaging in、um, Asian、uh, skin of color individuals,、uh, as compared to their Caucasian counterparts who are of the same biological age. I feel that it is very important, though, not to mistake that for actually having a reduced risk of skin cancer, and hence, you know, throw caution to the wind and and believe that you know we can go without sunscreen or other sun protective measures. Traditionally, we do emphasize that the higher risk group of skin cancer patients would be those who are fair skinned, 
have light-colored eyes, uh, reddish or blonde hair, and of course, um, those with a family history of skin cancers, non-melanoma skin cancers, uh, in particular, they are considered rather um, prevalent uh, in an Asian population, uh, like in Singapore, especially in the older age group, and it's also something affected by uh, cumulative sun exposure. Actinic keratosis, for example, is often ignored because it looks fairly benign. It, it appears as a red flaky bump on your skin that sometimes you know, is even observed to disappear on its own. But in fact, these are precancerous forms of skin lesions known as squamous cell cancer. And it's very, very important to pick up these symptoms for monitoring. Well, yeah, we can definitely see the importance of sunscreen for our overall skin health. Well, apart from sunblocks or sunscreens, are there any other ways we can protect our skin from the damaging effects of sun exposure? Going on to the topic of photo protection, sunscreen obviously is our main uh, weapon against sun-induced damage. Uh, but before we go in-depth into sunscreens, we're going to talk about sun avoidance behavior, which is a huge part. Uh, in fact, I consider it as uh, even more important than the application of sunscreen. Um, because living at the equator, <clears throat> we have maximum ultraviolet radiation exposure. And um, it's important to note that from uh, you know the typical hours of 9 to maybe 4 p.m., and that's what's uh, reported in uh, the Western latitudes uh, to have the highest um, you know, doses of this ultraviolet radiation uh, re reaching the uh, Earth's surface, for us, um, being an equatorial location, we actually would recommend avoiding, uh, you know, the the sun, um, you know, even much earlier in the day and uh, all the way till it's much later in the evening. Uh, sun avoidance behavior can also come in the form of ultraviolet protective clothing, um, long sleeve, especially for those who are involved in outdoor sports, uh, wearing of broad rimmed hats that provide. Uh, some shade over the uh, facial area um, and definitely discouraging sunbathing behavior, which is um, you know, somewhat trendy in certain climates that, that have a, a sort of a summer and um, you know, summer weather and people like to go to the beach and tan. Now, it's very important that we discourage that in Singapore because sun, sun, uh, sun protection uh, is not just about preventing photoaging, but it's more important to know that it can directly affect your health. And skin cancer, for example, melanoma, can occur in Asians as well. So we do still have to be vigilant when it comes to sun protection. Well, I'm aware that there are two main types of sunscreen, physical and chemical. Physical sunscreen creates a barrier on skin that reflects and scatters UV rays away from the skin, while chemical sunscreen, on the other hand, is absorbed into the skin, converting UV rays into heat. Well, how do I choose between the two, and how do I tell which sunscreen is right for me? Now, we're going into the topic of sunscreen right now, and I would say that um, sunscreen itself has evolved um, significantly. Uh, you know, over the last decade in terms of the uh, cosmetic science technology that's been applied 
Traditionally, for individuals with sensitive skin, eczema, or other types of skin diseases, dermatologists have um, recommended physical blockers, um, such as those containing zinc oxide or titanium dioxide-based sunscreens. Uh, these are deemed to be less reactive on sensitive skin. However, the cosmetic problem with these sunscreens is that it tends to leave a white cast over your skin, which is um, very relevant if you are talking about skin of color populations like in uh, Asia. So the other bugbear in sunscreen formulation is the concept of having broad spectrum, including um, broad spectrum protection, including UVA protection, um, and this is directly influencing your risk of developing um, skin signs of photoaging. Chemical sunscreens, the avobenzones, uh, these are important components of a good sunscreen, and. Um, you know, the thing with the chemical components is this, it's associated with reduced tolerability, especially in sensitive skin individuals. Um, and that has to do with the, um, not just the overall formulation and the mixture of the ingredients, but the fact that sometimes when it's mixed with sweat, um, in sensitive skin patients, we find that they have sweat allergy. And because of the barrier dysfunction, the, uh, the perceived irritation from the chemical sunscreen uh, component can be um, highlighted. So something to consider is that, you know, you actually will find it quite rare to have, um, you know, true allergy or irritation from sunscreen, uh, even the chemical components of sunscreens. But rather, if you have sensitive skin in general, um, you're just much more prone to have reduced tolerability uh, because of the barrier dysfunction and in conditions, in outdoor conditions when you sweat, uh, because there is an inherent um, tendency for eczema patients to have sweat allergy as well. So that being said, um, a lot of dermatologists still prefer to use pure physical blockers for patients with eczema. Um, I personally feel that it's very impractical when you apply on the face um, because of the white cast and also um, some individuals may be sensitive to the smell. Um, and you know, in this case, clearly we prioritize compliance and when it's not cosmetically uh, appealing, then uh, it's something for us to address. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, because for me, since I have combination skin, I like to use a chemical sunscreen since I find that it makes my skin feel less greasy. But I do find that they can sometimes irritate my skin. Well, I didn't know that there were sunscreens that, inc that could incorporate both, so I definitely need to be on the lookout for that. Now, the second thing we're going to talk about is the SPF rating of sunscreens. Something that has gained quite a lot of attention in the last couple of months, especially in the media, was the controversial issue with Korean sunscreens. It started with a report in December 2020 from the founder of the uh, INCID uh, Dakota website. Um, and she published data from two European uh, sun protection laboratories. There was a Korean brand, uh, Purito, uh, which was tested and was found to have only uh, an SPF factor of 19. 
as opposed to the SPF 50 that it claimed to have. So this incident was subsequently flagged up to the KFDA and broader investigations revealed that Indeed had certain shortfalls with regards to the sound protection factor. Yes, I've heard about that. This incident really cast a lot of doubt on beauty product labels and made many wonder if SPF ratings could still be trusted. Well, on the topic of SPF ratings, what exactly does the SPF number mean? Does a sunscreen with a high SPF protect skin better than one with a low SPF? What exactly is SPF? Um... It is a measure of how much UV radiation from the sun uh, is required to produce sunburn on sunscreen protected skin. Hence, as the SPF value of the sunscreen increases, there is a proportionate increase in protection against sunburn. Now, very relevant to what we discussed earlier about sun avoidance behavior um, is, is this topic which we're going to address right now, which is the misconception that SPF is related to the time, uh, the duration of sun, solar exposure. So, for example, um, it's often believed that wearing an SPF 15 sunscreen allows an individual to stay in the sun 15 times longer without getting sunburn. Um, this is a very simplistic way of thinking about sunscreens and SPF factors, uh, but it's actually rather inaccurate uh, because SPF um, you know, is directly related, of course, to the amount of solar exposure that you're trying to protect your skin from as well. So um, it is true that the total amount of solar exposure energy is also related uh, to the solar, the duration of the solar exposure, but there are also other factors that will influence the amount of solar energy that's reaching the surface of your skin and causing ultraviolet-induced uh, damage, such as the intensity of the solar energy, which is why we discussed earlier that you should... Um, be aware that there are certain timings during the day where the, uh, U, where the UV radiation is more intense in an equatorial climate. So, you know, in a tropical country like Singapore, uh, the intensity of our sun exposure is actually year-round, much higher than that of other countries located in the temperate climates or other latitudes. So, um, you know, the, the general advice, as we mentioned earlier, going out um, you know, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., uh, which is something that we say you avoid doing so in a Western country. But in Singapore, we should adjust it, um, you know, to starting all the way from 9 till about 5 or 6 p.m. Yeah, with the sun still shining brightly all the way till 6 p.m. here, it makes sense that the climate and where you live will affect the way you protect your skin. While moving on, apart from SPF, are there any other factors that affect how well sunscreens can protect our skin? Another factor I feel uh, would influence how an individual is protected by sunscreen is skin type. So in this case, we're talking about Fitzpatrick phototypes. Phototypes 1, 2, these are fair-skinned Caucasian individuals who are likely going to absorb more of the UV radiation than the phototypes 3, 4, and 5, which refer to skin of color under the same sort of UV conditions um, in the environment. So the amount of sunscreen you apply is also a relevant factor. More sunscreen applied results in less solar energy absorption. Additionally, the frequency at which you're applying the sunscreen is important. So we recommend 
Every three hours for a reapplication um, for individuals, for example, who are in water sports, uh, then they actually need to reapply the sunscreen even more frequently. If you are sweating a lot or participating in high intensity sort of physical exercises, then the sweat will cause the sunscreen to be washed off as well. And um, you know, if you sweat heavily, there's a lot of water exposure, even water resistant sunscreens will become less effective and you need to apply it more frequently. Well, these are really good tips. Protection really does depend on how much you apply and how often. On that note, what is the ideal SPF rating to look out for? Sunscreens can go all the way up to SPF 100, but is that really necessary? So SPF really is best understood as a measure of the amount of sunburn protection that can be provided by sunscreens and it allows the consumer to compare the level of sunburn protection protect provided by different sunscreens. For example, um, in a dermatology practice, we recommend um, an SPF 30 minimum because of the um, you know, obvious practical issues surrounding reapplication and um, the fact that we are living in a year-round tropical climate. If you suffer from a photosensitive disorder such as rosacea or an autoimmune disease such as lupus, then you also need to be particularly mindful of the kind of sun protection that you have. That's good to know because in theory, sunscreens with higher SPF should give you the best protection against harmful radiation. But according to the annual sunscreen report published by the Environmental Working Group, at best, high SPF sunscreens only offer slightly better protection. These could give you a false sense of security and make you spend more time in the sun. Moving on, have there been any developments in terms of sun protection? What are some of the new sunscreen innovations we're seeing now in the cosmetic and skincare industry? The interesting developments in cosmetic science with regards to SPF is the inclusion of multifunctional sunscreen systems developed with nature-derived botanical compounds that have in vivo SPF. So these also have skin benefits which can be used as green or natural filters, um, natural UV filters providing broad-spectrum sunscreen protection and um, as a you know, what we term a multifunctional dermal cosmetic formulation, it also has additional benefits of um, having, um, you know, enhancing skin health and uh, aesthetics. In terms of the application of botanical ingredients in skincare that has been widely, um, you know, applied in the field of dermal cosmetics, also known as cosmeceuticals, we know that plant-derived antioxidants can provide photoprotective effects due to the presence of uh, specific compounds in these plant uh, ingredients such as phenols, uh, phenolic chromophores, phytoestrogens, coumarin, anthocyanins, catechins, all these are part of a long list of botanical ingredients that have innate photoprotective properties. When we incorporate these compounds into sunscreens, the SPF value actually increases. At least from the perspective of photostability, SPF value, and maintenance of the um, sunscreen protection value after radiation exposure. 
Well, what are some examples of botanical ingredients that are effective when incorporated into sun protection formulas? Flavonoids incorporated into sunscreens can help in broad spectrum protection. Endocyanins have photoprotective properties. Green tea extract is particularly well known um, in uh, its function cosmetics. It contains the apicatechin 3-gallate um, compound, which um, is considered photoprotective. <clears throat> now, we've also heard of resveratrol, which is naturally present in over 70 plant species. <clears throat> and both the cis and transforms um, are widely known to be um, part of the um, you know, antioxidant property of red wine also as a chemopreventive agent, which means it can prevent the development of skin cancer. So transresveratrol is actually the active ingredient that is used in the um, Dr. T. Dior Dermaceuticals Elixir V Serum. <clears throat> skin research um, in particular has demonstrated that transresveratrol is able to prevent UV-induced skin damage and chemically-induced carcin carcinogenesis process, skin cancer formation. So these um, you know, molecular versions of resveratrol can synergize with UV filter molecules to enhance the photoprotective properties of sunscreens. Have there been studies or research done on whether or not these botanicals can actually protect the skin? In terms of clinical research that involves the actual SPF value um, detection of these bioactive multifunctional sunscreens, um, you know, the following results are fairly <clears throat> remarkable. So, for example, when um, researchers found that when they added rutin into sunscreen samples, um, it actually achieved higher antioxidant uh, activities than with uh, just a pure UVA filter alone um, in terms of the formulation of sunscreen. So the in vivo SPF factor of sunscreens with routine was um, actually found to have improved um, the levels for up to 70%. Um, we, even when routine was present in a concentration that uh, is generally considered rather low for an um, active ingredient in cosmetic formula. So in this sense, flavonoids, um, they have an active mechanism of action that is not just synergistic on an antioxidant level, um, but also we, we can postulate that it perhaps interferes with the uh, lipid oxidation pathways as well. Um, furthermore, the use of antioxidants derived from natural sources extend also to the use of caffeine, ferulic acid, gelatin-based, rutin-loaded and uh, nanoparticles as well. So importantly, research uh, to date has demonstrated that these samples, um, you know, that have been uh, that have included botanical uh, dermocosmetics that have this additional SPF factor, uh, have no, um, you know, side effects such as skin irritation, uh, causing sensitivity or. Uh, skin irritation that's um, due to sun exposure, um, you know, compared with placebos. Wow, that's really interesting. It definitely combines the recent trend of natural skincare with evidence-based plant compounds that really live up to its claims. The use of compounds isolated from natural extracts uh, can positively impact SPF values in sunscreen formulations. 
It's very important in our design of sunscreen formulas uh, to include these aspects of innovation. <clears throat> this will increase the photoprotective properties of the sunscreen as well as photostability, which means that the inherent sun protection value will be increased. And uh, this is on top of uh, the ability of this, um, you know, these antioxidant uh, botanical ingredients to perhaps intervene uh, separately in the carcinogenesis pathway. The importance of dermal cosmetics for skincare is increasingly recognized in its role as um, an adjunct treatment for true dermatological conditions like rosacea, eczema. In the case of photoprotection, it is key not just for the prevention of photoaging, which may be of um, you know, cosmetic or aesthetic concern, but also as a chemopreventive intervention, as we have seen that these um, chemical isolates from botanical ingredients actually play key roles in the skin carcinogenesis pathway. Yeah, reports have also shown that consumer focus has shifted from the basic idea of skin beauty towards a wider con concept of not just skin appearance, but also skin health. Well, that's it for today's episode. We've covered important factors in terms of sun protection, including what SPF ratings really mean, chemical and physical sunscreens, and what goes into an ideal sunscreen. We've also talked about new innovations in the realm of sun protection and other methods of sun protection as sunscreen is just one vital part of a strategy to protect your skin. Thank you guys for joining us. You can follow Dr. Teo on her Instagram for the latest podcast updates at Dr. Teo Wanlin. And also visit us on our website at www.scienceofbeauty.net where you can find the full podcast transcript. Oh,